0: So get ready, it's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey everyone, it's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. If you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, you guys know that we recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store, so be sure to go check all of that out. There is a link in the show notes. Get yourself some swag and rock that you are a part of the Move the Ball movement. And to those who have sent me pictures wearing their swag, thanks so much. I love seeing those, so keep those images coming together. We do move the ball. All right, for today's episode, I've got a great guest with us inside the huddle and ready to talk about his experience and what he does to move the ball is Andre Sacheray. Well, first, Andre, welcome to the show. Before I get into your bio, how are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you here. I, I know you're getting busy with OTAs and stuff, and so I'm glad that we're able to chat today. Let me now share a little bit about your background. Andre is an NFL defensive back who currently plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Andre played college football at San Jose State University, and in May 2018, he signed as an undrafted free agent with the Houston Texans. We will discuss Andre's football journey and more on today's show. Andre, are you ready to move the ball?
1: Yes, ma'am. <laughs>
0: Again, I'm glad to have you here with us. As you know, I've had some other San Jose Spartans on the show before. Jeff Garcia, head football coach, Coach Brett Brennan. So shout out to those guys. Uh, loved having them on, and we're going to have a great conversation today. So you've been in the league for a few years now, going into year five. You know, one of the things that I hear when I I talk with guys on the show, as well as just in conversation, they talk about how the path to the league is different for everybody. And, you know, we chat about the life and the business of the NFL and, you know, some guys get drafted, some go the undrafted uh, free agent route. What was your transition like? What was your path like going into the league?
1: It was crazy, you know, thinking about it now and now I'm you know, year five in the NFL is it's one of those things. It's you kinda of look back and it's like, Wow, you know, I'm here. But going into my senior year, I was I knew the NFL was a real possibility at this point, you know, over at San Jose State. And, you know, one of the things that I had to go through that was tough for me was me and who's my current wife now, she's my girlfriend at the time. We were expecting a child. Our son was going to be born right after the football season. So that whole senior year, you know, I had, you know, that on my mind. It definitely took a big toll on me. You know, it was hard to balance, you know, that. It was something that me and, you know, my wife, we were kind of just, we didn't want too many people to know. So I didn't have a lot of people to talk about it with. And I definitely felt like that affected, you know, my daily routine, you know, how I played, how I practiced, everything. But, you know, if I had to go back and do it again, I wouldn't change anything. Everything works out for a reason. But it was definitely, you know, a roller coaster of a ride that senior year. A lot of ups and downs. So my son ended up being born. I want to say a week or two, a couple of weeks before the actual NFL draft. That was best day of my life. Uh, you know, top two because I had I had another kid. So <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right.
1: It was crazy. Um, but that whole process, um, leading up to the draft was, you know, just a whirlwind of things. You know, going to I was invited to the combine, went to the combine, performed really well. You know, usually when you perform well, you say, you know, you know, I have a good, good chance of, you know, hopefully getting drafted. Uh, My pro day at San Jose State um, did well, uh, you know, talked to a lot of the scouts and said, you know, I had a good day. And then when draft day comes, you know, I'm just kind of sitting there waiting, you know, waiting for a call, Mm -hmm. you know, the rounds keep getting later and later, no calls and, you know, you're kind of sitting there like, well, what happens if I don't get a call? Is is it over? You know, you don't really go through that. And, you know, the seventh round comes and you know, each team I'm looking, okay, I think they need me. I think they need me. And, you know, nothing. And then the draft is over and it's just kind of like, well, you know, what's next? You know, I just had my, my son, um, you know, it was, it was a stressful, stressful, probably 30 minutes, you know, and then right after, you know, those 30 minutes, you get a lot of calls for um, undrafted guys and, I didn't know how that process worked. That wasn't something that, you know, I talked about a lot with my family or anything. So, you know, it was really just, hey, you know, this team wants you It's either you go there or, you know, you go to another team that might want you. So for me, the Houston Texans, they wanted me to come as a undrafted free agent. So just knowing that some team wanted me a little bit, made it feel a little better. (laughs) But, you know, it was a big wake-up call for me. Like, hey, you know, right there, you kind of know that your path is going to be different. It took me a while to understand that, but young and ready. So I was like, you know, let's do this. You know, my my path is going to be different, and I was ready for it. You know, that was kind of my intro to the NFL. Wasn't as glamorous as some other people's, uh, more of a roller coaster, but, you know, I, I love it.
0: Trent, you're going into year five. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, if you can get drafted and be in the league a year or two, and you're out, right, you can be undrafted and have a very long career. So it's really, it's not so much about the path to get you in the door, it's the fact that you're in the door, and then it's up for you to perform and really show out to ensure that you keep your spot and have a long playing career in the league
1: hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned that you have two kids. I was going to ask you about Drayden and Rilo. I love the yes. names. I, I love, Thank you. I love unique names. And so uh-huh. I think that they're awesome names. And your wife was also a competitive athlete. She played basketball at San Jose State. So being a competitive athlete and having that mentality, you're just kind of built different than the rest of people that haven't played competitive sports at a high level as well. What are some of the things that you feel have helped you being a competitive athlete to be successful in you know playing in the league, but just being successful overall.
1: Oh, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, she definitely helps. I would say being a, a high level athlete and you know having her by my side since I want to say my uh, is my end of my freshman year, sophomore year. I mean, we've been together since then. So having that strong person, mentally tough person, with me. Since then, seven, eight years, it's definitely helped as far as, you know, my job, professional athlete, and then being a father and her, you know, being, you know, a mother to our kids, every little business venture that she has done, that's definitely helped her. And I mean, just our everyday life, we have a set routine every day, look, like, we're going to wake up here, we're going to do this today, we're going to take the kids here, um, we we'll make sure the kids do this. It's definitely helped, I would say, a lot. Being a professional athlete, being a high level athlete as she was, there's a lot of structure in your life. And then, you know, when sports are gone that it's it's kinda hard to keep that structure. Yeah. And you know, having each other to, to lean on when, you know, we're not sure what we're gonna do one day, it's definitely helped a lot.
0: Oh, that's great. I love it. It's great to have good good people. They talk about how you are only as successful as the people that you have around you, right? And so to have a wife that you can lean on and have as a support system is fantastic. And a beautiful family as well. So, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) So, you've been in the league for a few years. As you look upon your career, how has your perspective changed? The NFL is a business. How has your thoughts and your views changed from going in as a rookie to where you're at today?
1: Going in as a rookie, I didn't understand fully the business side of it. You know, I thought it was kind of like college, like, hey, you guys are here for four years. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, when you first get there, you are kind of like a deer in the headlights is, you know, not sure what's going on. It's going with the flow of everything. And it took me a while to realize the business side of it. So uh, I was on the practice squad my first four years, first three years in the NFL. And during those three years, I was cut maybe seven, six, seven times, something crazy like that. And the first time I got cut was, you know, the big, big shock, like, okay, this is a business. I was doing everything right, you know, in practice, in the meetings, answering questions. And it wasn't nothing I did wrong. It wasn't, you know, I was performing every day. It's just they needed another position. So, you know, I was one of the bottom guys. It's like, hey, we have to cut you for this reason. There's nothing you did wrong. And that was the a big shock to me. You know, I was like, "Well, wait, what just happened?" <laughs> and that was, you know, very very stressful. But you learn quickly how the business side of it. And you know, I get cut. It was actually two days or the day before Thanksgiving, and that probably thirty minutes later, I get a call from the Detroit Lions, and I'm on a flight twenty minutes after that, heading out to Detroit from Houston. And you know, you you just learn fast and and. Uh, it, it's crazy. And now thinking about it, you know, going into year five, the business side of things, it's like, hey, you know, everybody's, you know, these are my brothers. I think of them, you know, all my teammates. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all competing for the same job. So let's all work out here while it's work time. You know, when we're outside of work, you know, we could have fun. But when we're in the building, let's make sure we're working and getting better.
0: And it's a fast business. I mean, you talk about getting getting cut, you're picked up, you're on a plane 20 minutes. I mean, that's how fast it goes. If somebody says, hey, we want you or we're interested, you go, it's not like, okay, well, it's the weekend. So can I come Monday? No, Uh you just, you you gotta go. It's it's a tough business too. I mean, like you said, you didn't do anything wrong, but if they need a different position or some other spot they need to fill, then they have to make a decision on who they're going to let go to fill that vacancy because you only have so many spots. It's not like in the corporate world where you can say, well, you know, we could use this other uh, person and so we'll just create a new job. Like you're limited by NFL rules that you can only have so many people on your roster, so many people on practice squad. So they just have to make those tough decisions at times. So when you first got let go by the Texans, that's not a fun feeling. But like, like, I guess, and you mentioned you bouncing to different teams, like, I'm sure it gets easier because you understand it's a business. And so but that first one, like, how are you feeling? I mean, even though you got called by the Lions and had another shot, I mean, it's still I'm sure not a fun experience to go through.
1: Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was an off day. And they called me into the building. I was like, I haven't had a call before. So you know, like, what's going on? And I get there and they're like, Hey, we're gonna let you go today. They tell me, you know, there's nothing you did wrong. We just needed another position. And then they let me know, you know, if there's anything um, we can do for you, let, let us know. Uh, if nobody picks you up, you know, in a week or two, there's a possibility we bring you back. And that drive home, I was just like, what just happened? And, you know, I get home. I tell my wife, like, I'm not, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, do we stay here? Do we we don't have a home in California? Like, are we going to go live with one of our parents? You know, we have our kid, what are we going to do for, you know, to pay rent, all these things. And all these things are going through my head. And it's probably that first time I got killed was probably one of the most stressful moments, you know, in my life. Like we said, it's a business. And, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, you know, another team is calling me, hey, you know, we want you out here right now. You know, there's not too much time to dwell. You know, I probably had yeah. 15 minutes, you know, a couple tears. <laughs> right, right. All right, here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I like that you mentioned, you know, they said there was nothing you did wrong. And they kind of explained the process because not every team will do that when they let people go. And so it's just it's heartbreaking, right? Like to, to be so that you're no longer wanted on a team. but But when they explain the reason why, then it makes it it's still not fun, but you understand it a little bit more as well. So we recently had the 2022 NFL draft and rookie mini camps have gotten underway. And and these young men have begun the process of transitioning into being professional football players. As you look back, is there anything that you wish you knew coming into the league or advice that you would pass on to these guys that are now coming to the league?
1: If I could talk to myself as a rookie, you know, I would tell myself, ask as many questions as you can, you know, don't be scared to ask questions. You know, even if you might know the answer and you just want to make sure to to ask, (laughs) it makes it known that you're, you're listening, you know, you're paying attention and just be attentive, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, coach could ask a random question and you don't want to get that wrong in front of the whole team, you know, just make sure you're always present. Just ask a lot of questions. I feel like those little things can go a long, long,
0: And your dad ended up playing professional football in the Arena Football League for a number of years. Did having him kind of go through the business of another football league help you as you kind of navigated over the last two years?
1: Yeah, a little bit. He didn't have to go through as many of, uh, you know, getting cut as much as I did. (laughs) You know, it's definitely helped. He let me know, especially that first time I got cut, you know, hey, it's a business. You know, you might not have did something wrong, but hey, you have another opportunity. So having that, as stressful as that time was talking to my dad about it hey you know they let you know as long as you know you didn't do anything wrong so having someone that went through it before it definitely helped you know hearing that especially it coming from my father
0: for sure my listeners know that this whole move the ball movement started because i wrote a book about football and how you take football lessons and apply them off the field to be successful one of those principles that i highlight is the importance of being improvement folks and having that continuous improvement mentality as a competitive athlete, you know all about that. What are some of the things that you're really focused on now improving upon so that uh, going into year five, you'll continue to perform and show up?
1: One of the things, you know, we talk, especially as a team, is, you know, improving on the little things each day. Uh, we talk about getting 1% better each day. So picking, you know, one thing you want to work on at practice or taking notes, you know, just a little bit better, coming home, rewriting your notes. So a lot of things that I'm doing right now, um, especially during OCAs, is focusing on a lot of the little things, you know, you know, I play defensive back. So even if it's just backfelling in a straight line, you know, practicing that today or um, today, one of the things I worked on was today when we were taking notes. You know, I was really attentive in our team meeting, our special teams meetings. And we, we watched a lot of documentaries on Kobe Bryant and how detailed he was on the little things. So that's probably right now is one of the biggest things I'm doing is, is working on the small things, the small details. Yeah.
0: Well, those little details matter. I mean, at at the professional level, everybody is good, right? And so it's really about being able to focus on those little things to help just take your game to another level, you know, incrementally, right? And, And that's what really separates the people that stay in the league from the ones that are only there for a short time, barring an injury, right? Because they're focused on those. Those little details. So you play safety. When you look at the defensive back position, outside from being able to to backpedal well and have (laughs) a good technique. What other things do you think are necessary to play this position well in the, the NFL?
1: Definitely one of the things I would say is your eyes. You know, as a defensive back, your eyes are one of the most important things that you have. You know, if you see the right thing, you'll probably be in the right position. You know, if you're looking at too many things, then you know, your eyes are gonna be all over the place. You're not gonna not going to be sure where exactly where to go. But I definitely say your eyes and uh, just being confident, you know, one play at a time, especially playing defensive back. Everybody's really good at this high level now. So someone's going to catch a ball on you. And it's, you know, having that uh short-term memory, staying confident in yourself. All right, well, I gave up a pass. You know, I'm going to get the next one. Um So definitely... You know, being confident and definitely your ox for sure.
0: Gotcha. And, you know, what do you think are, are things that you're doing right aside from those that have extended? I mean, they said the average NFL player's career is two and a half years. It might be a little bit longer depending on the position, but as a whole, it's about two and a half years. So we've talked about you going into year five. What have you been doing to really ensure that, you know, you're you're continuing to extend your career in the league?
1: Definitely learning. Not just knowing how to play one position, knowing multiple positions being able to do multiple things definitely helps. And then also with football, sometimes you can't just play offense or defense. Special teams is also, you know, huge. Yes. Being even more locked in on special teams, knowing multiple positions in the secondary, things like that are definitely ways to help stay in the NFL longer than, you know, those two years.
0: Absolutely. Now, one of the things that I work with a lot of corporate professionals, as well as athletes on, you know, looking at how you craft your brand to be successful and attract opportunities outside of football as well. And one of the things that I think is important in doing so is having mentors to help guide you along the way. That's something that I emphasize on the show as well. When you look at even your, your on the field performance, are there any guys that you've looked to as mentors to kind of help you to be successful in football? And are you looking at some doing some things outside of football?
1: Mm -hmm. That's one thing I like about being on multiple teams that I've been on been around a lot of great players that I really looked up to. Um, I was with Tyron Matthew for a year, Jonathan Joseph, Rodney McLeod, a lot of those guys I really looked to as mentors. And I would ask them as many questions as I could just, you know, pick their brain, you know, why why are you playing something a certain way. So those little things, you know, I'd love to take away from those guys. And then, you know, me now, going into year five it's it's crazy you know some of the young guys ask me hey like why are you doing something a certain way so now it's kind of flipped that I'm that to some guys and you know it's crazy to think about and you know especially when I go back home um you know when I go and work out I'll invite "Hey, whoever wants to come you can come you know nothing you know I'm not going to charge anybody anything but if you want to come and just talk or you want to come and go through drills with me and I'll explain everything why so As much as I can, as often as I can, I try to give back to, you know, the young high school players, middle school kids in my hometown. I try to do that as much as possible.
0: That's great. I think it's important. Something also that I emphasize is moving the ball is not just about what you do in your career, but it's how you make an impact on others. So I think that's great that you're able to, to do that and make a difference for other people. One of the other things that I know is important to you, and as part of your My Cause, My Cleats campaign last year, you uh, represented or supported the Marjorie Mason, Mason Center, um, which is really about women and children who are affected and displaced by domestic violence. Why was that cause important to you?
1: So every year, the years that I've been able to do the My Cause, My Cleats, I really focus and try to do something for my hometown. This past year, I chose the Marjorie Mason Center. One of the family members of Marjorie Mason, uh, I went to high school with. And, you know, I talked to him. and was like, hey, you know, you know, is it cool if I, you know, represent your guys' family? And, you know, if, if I'm able to do this, bring, you know, attention to it and help you guys out. And You know, he's like, hey, I would be more than honored for you to do that. So that's one of the big reasons why, you know, and, and just like you said, it's something that touches a lot of people. And I would love to, in any way I can, use my platform to help. I would love to do that.
0: Yeah, I think it's fantastic because, I mean, as a public figure, you have people that are following you, and so to be able to highlight these great causes that are really making a difference in various areas is so key. It's because not everybody knows about them. So I think it's, I'm, I'm personally a big fan of the NFL does in my cause, my cleats, because it just brings so much visibility. To, um to various causes and I mean domestic violence especially with this pandemic back in 2020 there were a lot of press about how cases were increasing because people were were forced to stay at home and so I think it's such an important cause to continue to highlight and support so appreciate you uh picking the organization to to do that so I want to run things back a little bit to you playing at San Jose State so what was your favorite experience
1: oh man Spartan family I I, I love it so much. But one of the best things that we did, I want to say, is my sophomore year, we, that was the only bowl game that I went to. And just that whole experience was amazing. My four years there, we didn't win a lot of games. But that one year, you know, we were able to go to a bowl game. And just with all my brothers, even to this day, we still talk about that game. Just the fun that we had. We were in Orlando, so we got to do whatever was out there in Orlando. We were able to go do that as a team. and it, it was the best experience ever. Uh huh. Yes.
0: Oh, sounds like a lot of fun. So, the move the ball movement is all about forward motion. It's about, you know, it doesn't matter how fast you go or how far you move every single day, but it's just about making that forward progress, whether it's a foot, a yard, you get a first down, you get a touchdown, it's just moving forward. Sometimes in life, we're human beings and we fumble the ball, we miss a tackle. Or so and, and we have to pick ourselves back up and keep moving forward. can you show us a time when that might have happened to you either on the football field or off and how you continued to make that forward progress?
1: so definitely in my career, like I've mentioned, you know I've been cut and let go multiple times, so those are definitely times where you know you take a couple steps back and for me, one of those driving forces to get up and keep moving forward is definitely my kids you know everything I do you know now is to provide for them, make sure you know they have a Good upbringing, and they have everything that they could possibly need to be successful in life. So, whenever I've been let go or anything that's happened outside of football, I always come back. All right, how can I make my life better for my kids? What can I do next? How am I going to keep going? When I start thinking of those things, it's pretty easy to get back up and keep moving forward.
0: Oh, I love it. It really comes back to your purpose, right? Your family is your purpose. And, you know, obviously, I see what you post on social media and very proud dad, you know, family guy. And so I think that's a great, it's always important for us to come back and recenter ourselves on whatever our purpose is to help us to continue to move forward. So on this podcast, we talk about business and branding and you launched a merchandise line a while back. We'll put the merch link in the show notes so people can check it out. Tell us about kind of what prompted you to create. I mean, that's kind of the trend, right? Everyone's going to their, their merch line. I've got one as well. And so, you know, what did you think about like when you, when you launched it, what were you thinking? And then you also have um, a signature phrase or that, that you also have.
1: So it was um, brought to me by FanArk and they, you know, they get a lot of, they try to do professional athletes. They got some MMA fighters, um, some basketball players, some football players. And, you know, they just try to help them, you know, sponsor their brand. They reached out to me and I thought it was a wonderful idea, especially, you know, coming where I'm from, where I am in a small town, um, Fresno, California. Every now and then I'll see somebody like, hey, I just bought a shirt. Oh, like just seeing that it's the coolest thing ever. One of my phrases I have on there is damn, which is by any means necessary. And um, when I was young, my dad, he used to tell. So I have it's me and four other brothers, so five boys. And he used to tell us, you know, by any means necessary, whatever you guys got to do to get things done, make sure you do it however it needs to be done. And from a young age, that has always stuck with me. So I was like, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to put that on a shirt. People will know what it means. And, you know, when I see people wearing it, it's like it, it, it's awesome to see that.
0: Well, I like that because I, I coach a lot of business owners and clients on their brand. And I, I think having a hashtag or having some theme, right, is really important because you want to connect with the, with your audience, with the community that follow you. And so when I saw that you had that, I thought that was a great phrase because it's, it's motivational, right? And that's kind of why I'm a positive vibe kind of person. But but it, it's important for people to think about if I'm going to have a brand. What do I want to associate with it so that people can connect with me and want want to wrap my merchandise or you know want to be a part of whatever it is that I'm trying to do? So I think that it's great that you have that uh, that phrase. So at some point, football will come to an end, hopefully not for quite some time. Have you thought about what kind of things you might want to do beyond football and when it's time to hang up the cleats?
1: So beyond football, there's a couple things I might be thinking of. I know one thing that I thought of recently was possibly starting a a trucking business, especially being from Central California, a lot of produce there. I went to school with some families that do produce. Well, you know, I've been thinking that might be something I could possibly get into. And I know at San Jose State, we have a Beyond Football program, which helps, uh, which helps, you know, the, you know, they get the guys while they're in college and, hey, these are things that you might could get into, you know, when you're done, when football's over. So, especially when whenever football ends, like you said, hopefully not for a while. Um, but when that time does come, that's something I can definitely fall back on, reach out to that can help me keep moving forward.
0: And, and you mentioned the Beyond Football program, I and mean, I think it's great that there's a number of colleges that have resources like that for players. I know Coach Brennan, who's the head coach at San Jose State, is very big on that program and trying to make it as robust as, as possible. And Tobruk, who runs the program, is she's always doing great things. So shout out to them as well. I mean, I think it's important because again, I I feel like years ago, players were a little bit more naive about like, Hey, I'm going to play forever. And you know, it's just football. It's great. And then most times their careers are cut short, shorter than they planned. Right. They're, a team says, Hey, we're letting you go. Uh, or they have a, a career ending and injury. And then it's like, now what do I do? And so then there's a struggle. So I think it's great to really have those resources um, available, even at the college level. So that way people are thinking about what's next earlier on. So what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Oh, uh, are you ready? Go.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: First question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be and grew up?
1: When I was 10 years old, i I knew I wanted to be a football player. I knew it for sure, yeah. Okay. I knew, yeah. All right.
0: right. Hundred percent. What
1: three words would you use to describe yourself? Energetic, optimistic, and protective.
0: I like those. And you're one of those guys that's always smiling, always got a positive vibe yeah. <laughs> around you, which is important to have. What is one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: One thing most people don't know, people might start to put it together. I love to go fishing. I might not be the best, but <laughs> I might not catch a lot of fish, but I love the fish. Okay. Me and my dad, though. I'm trying to get my wife to go. She still hasn't gone yet. <laughs> I've taken my son one time. got to take him a couple more, but I love fishing. That's
0: a good father-son activity to do. Uh, the next question is, if you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: That one song would be Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. Oh, okay. That's probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to right there.
0: what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: So podcast that I'm listening to is bring the juice podcast. Okay. That is out of my hometown in Fresno, California. Um, One of my good buddies, Frank Delano, he has a podcast where he interviews um, a lot of local athletes, professional or in college, whatever it may be. And just gets their perspective on how, you know, their time is going, kind of what their business ventures are and just, you know how their life has been because a lot of times in our in our town, the you know professional athletes, other athletes, we don't get a lot of coverage in our hometown. And he's you know bringing more insight to a lot of us, and it, it's great. I love listening to it.
0: Oh, I think that's awesome. And When you said the title, someone has mentioned that podcast to me before, so I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to have to check it oh, out. Oh yeah,
1: got to check it out. Yeah,
0: for <laughs> sure. Next question is: You're hosting a dinner party, and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why?
1: So first, I would say Kid Cudi. He's my favorite rapper, uh, artist. I've been listening to him most consistently since I was, you know, in seventh, eighth grade. So definitely him. Another, I would say Michael Jordan. I feel like after that, his documentary came out, uh, The Last Dance. I feel like, you know, he's one of those players, like once he retired, you didn't really hear a lot of him. And then when he came out with that, I was like, there's a lot of questions I would want to ask him. <laughs> and then I would say the last one would probably be Kobe for those same reasons. You know, gone really soon. But, you know, an amazing, amazing person that, you know, I would want to pick his brain on a lot of things.
0: Oh, for sure. He's definitely mm-hmm. one if he was still around. I'd yes. love to have him on the show. Yes. Last season, I actually had... Kobe was an investor in a company called The Art of Sport. And I had the founder on the show. So he got to talk about what it was like working with Kobe. And it was just incredible to hear. Because as you know, I mean, Kobe did a lot on the court but also did so much beyond the game as well so my last question for this drill is do you sing in the shower
1: (laughs) uh if if my wife is there yes
0: (laughs) the next question that i the follow-up to that is would your wife say that you are good
1: uh no (laughs) (laughs) definitely not
0: (laughs) so as we look to close the show I, i do have another question for you we're still a few months away from the football season kicking off but what most excites you about this coming season
1: oh man just the fact that it's another season I mean just you know going through the ups and downs of a season you know it just builds so much chemistry with you know my teammates the coaches and I mean everything about it I, I love you know especially whenever we get that our first home games coming out in Lincoln Financial Field the the energy there is like nothing other So definitely, you know, that first game, I can't wait for that. And just, you know. Just going through a a season with everybody, you know, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, everything. It it brings everybody closer together. So I'm excited.
0: For sure. I'm definitely excited to see it. I went to Alabama, as my listeners know. So there's definitely some great Alabama talent on that (laughs) team, Smitty, Jalen. We mentioned, you know, the draft. N'Kobe Dean was on the show as part of my draft, path to the draft series. So looking forward to seeing N'Kobe out there as well. So yeah, it's going to be a a great season. So as we look to close the show, let people know where you at on social media. How can people follow you?
1: So you can follow me. on just about everything, Instagram and Twitter. It's just my name at Andre Sacheret.
0: Perfect. And we'll have those links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey.
1: Thank you so much. It was so much fun.
0: It has been a true pleasure and I look forward to seeing you suit up next season. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like the show and you have not yet, hit that subscribe button. Do so today and also share the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Don't forget to check out the merchandise store. We've got Andre's link. We've got my link there. Get your swag and we will catch you all next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to move the ball to see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business with your brand or your career. Check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com.